Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the We Say Things, episode 57. Suns fan here with the great Cinderman. Greetings, good sir. You look especially amazing today very clear very very awake how do you feel though thank you shannon um i'm starting to feel a little bit better can i just start out this episode by saying fuck pollen season that's like you know Mm -hmm. give it to me every year the same thing happens to me where i'm like oh it's about to be summer it's gonna be so nice i really look forward to it and then i get hit by this shit every year and i always forget that it's gonna happen and then I just fucking hate it. And now I'm partially just waiting for the summer to be over, which sucks because I love the weather. But going outside kind of blows a lot of the time. So that's uh, that's why I look like... Uh, I look very sick, but don't worry. It's just the grass pollen allergy that's really strong right now because of the weather. Wow, that is the biggest rant you've ever been on on this show. Yeah, I, think. I, hate, I hate disease. What a surprise. <laughs> That's, uh, seem to really hate it on. more than the average person, actually. Boy, yeah, oh boy. Most, the average person doesn't have a pollen allergy, right? Or at least not a serious one. I mean, mine isn't even that bad. There are people that probably can't even go outside right now, I would imagine. Hmm. Or barely. I can. It's just really annoying. Um, Cinder, I'm just happy to know that you're well enough to be on this show. Like yeah. I don't think we could do this without. I don't, you, so I really I don't appreciate really it. feel like I need to be at my A game to be on the show with you. I think <laughs> if I have like ten percent brain capacity, I'll probably get by. So yeah. we're good. Give me a little credit. Fifteen, twenty percent probably would be okay. enough. I'll, t- 20, 20 on a good day. Good. Okay. So speaking of a good day, um, worst segue we've had. But patrons, thank you for being part of the In Bruges tier, and everybody else as well that we're going to be reading off. Uh, why don't you start us off this time, big boy? Yeah, so of course, a special shout out to the In Bruges tier, which is our highest subscription tier. Um, thank you guys very much for continuing to support the show. We've got Underscore, Agent Huggy Bear, Ben Broomhead, Ben Jackson, Bulba the Lulba, Josnik Pizda, DG, Dayon Shy Guy, Dent Head Man. <laughs> is that you on uh, Smurf? <laughs> Dop, Dyslexic Lawyer, Fane, Fred the Pleb, not Fred Fred, and Freshly Seasoned Goat Balls. Also... Thank you to happy 30th birthday, Alex Chow, again. I guess we're reading this off in another two weeks. Yeah. Uh, Hoey988, Houston Adamo. Also to, I kindly request that you say my name like Axe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what Axe sounds like. Jay Hunter, Anonymous, Lick, Puco, Poop Feast 420, the classic, of course. Pitch Black, Ronnie Keel, Shark TM. I lost my place. Terry Tip, The Coward, Tickles, Fellowship of the Ping, and Wooden Aftertaste. Thank you so much for being part of the Embruge to your friends. Um, well, I, I see you sneezing, but I hear nothing. Thank you 
for keeping the audio listeners in mind for that sneeze. You're welcome. And it actually comes at a great time because I'm going to be talking some more so you can get your thoughts together, Cinder. Oh, it's there's... the NBA segment. So can I go <laughs> to the bathroom? <laughs> you literally can go to the bathroom while I do this. Um, no, that's okay. Right. So I, last week, I believe it was last week, we talked about how... Um, well, first and foremost, I do have a small rant. We get occasional... I Again, it's just an occasional thing, so it's not like it's the majority of people that complain that we talk about stuff that isn't Dota sometimes. I'm very sorry that you don't have the brain capacity to un- to have interest in more than one thing in your life. But number two, the most important thing for me, and I assume for Cinderin, is that we want to talk about stuff that we are interested in. If he wants to talk about something that I'm not interested in, which I talk about all the time with the NBA, that's fine with me. It's something new. It's something to learn. And when it comes to other games, it might be a good idea to branch out a little bit. You know, I mean, this is a still a majority big part Dota. of the show is me talking about Dota, and you're not very interested in that. You're more into NBA and Valorant. That's so right. It's kind of a it's kind of a fifty fifty split. I think it works out for sure. Mm. Um, so speaking of the NBA, Cinderin, uh, last week I, I talked about how the NBA was coming back. Everything seemed to be good to go, but now. Have you heard of a player called named Kyrie Irving? I'm going to go on a huge fucking rant right now, so be prepared. Does that ring any you bell? You may have Kyrie Irving. that name before. Yes. You probably have. I have. So he is most famously known for being a flat earther, okay? He, mm. he went to, I believe he went to Duke, and he always throws that in people's face as if he went there to study. He literally went there to play basketball for one year and then came to the NBA draft. Uh... So he has started this movement, apparently, that is going to potentially side rail everything where the players might not be going to this location. I mean, I think for all intents and purposes, it sounds like it's still probably going to go, but he's trying to start like this movement of players to just not play this season out at all, which means they don't get paid, obviously. Keeping in mind, he's made hundreds of millions of dollars at this point in his life. Um and there is something to say for like not feeling safe or you know taking part in the festivities that is the re- the rest of the regular season because of the COVID nineteen situation. If they don't feel comfortable with that, that's totally understandable. And they can come up with different details or whatever uh, whatever things they need to add to the what they haven't planned already to make sure it's safe. The problem that I have is for number one, he's injured. He's not playing the rest of the year anyway, so he's not even going to play. Number two, the guy is the literal biggest fucking idiot in the world, and somehow he's the vice president or something, some label like that of the players union, so he was voted in. The guy is brain dead. You listen to any speech this guy makes, okay? Any Anytime he talks to the media, which he hates doing, by the way, you can tell how stupid he is because he doesn't even understand what he's saying himself. He considers himself woke. There's no player in the NBA of recent memory that I dislike more than this guy. And the flatter thing is probably like 90% of it, in all honesty. I I just don't understand it. It's It just makes me... It really grinds my gears, Cinderin, when somebody is... This is probably my biggest pet peeve in the entire world. Somebody that thinks they're smart, but in actuality are very stupid. It's like the complete mm. opposite. You know what I mean? It reminds me of somebody else on this podcast. Thank you, Cinderin. It's not See, me, I think. It, no, it wasn't me. It here's was the, the thing. Guy. I fully admit when I don't know something, like there's plenty of subjects that I don't know anything about. I don't pretend to know about stuff that I don't know about. But just that whole idea of just 
being so stupid and not knowing it mm. also speaks to a lot of the political issues we're having right now in this country. But that's a whole other story. Yeah, I was going to so, say it feels like kind of a, a American sign thing. of the times. Like in the in the last uh, in the last I don't know if it's the last decade or in the last five or six, seven, eight years, whatever. Um, I feel like there's a lot more people that speak a lot that don't speak well. You know what I mean? Like in in public spaces. No, not in public spaces, in the media, rather. Like, people in power or people that get interviewed that have positions within whatever. Uh, like, uh, just, do you know Do you know what I'm getting at? Like, Yes. No, I agree. Just, uh, just yeah. The, the average quality <laughs> of an interview or of, uh, of a statement feels like it has dropped by, uh, by quite a bit. And I don't know why, uh, but it's definitely, it's something. Yes. So that's my rant for the day. Sorry for taking up so much time. He really bothers me, this guy. I dislike okay. him very heavily. Very stupid I person. don't like him either. Uh, Good. I guess. Thank you, Cinderin. Uh Okay. Let's get started with some Dota. This is going to be a juicy podcast, a juicy episode, I feel like. One subject in particular, which we'll leave for last for the Dota section. But first, let's talk about the Blast Bounty Hunt tournament, Cinderin. I came on for one best of three with... Uh, you and uh, Slacks, and I have to say it was a lot of fun. Um, I was afraid that I went maybe too off the rails and was too casual, but the reception I think from a lot of people loved it. Yeah, the reception was good. I mean, it's not one of those things you want to see for literally every best of three of every tournament, but it. I enjoyed it, and I think people can I tell that we enjoyed hilarious. it. Yes. So tell, it talk to me about the tournament. Yeah, so basically it was, uh, if you didn't watch the tournament at all, it was with six teams only. Um, six of the best teams in the West, if not arguably the six best teams. It was Secret, OG, Nigma, Liquid, Alliance, and NIP. And uh, TLDR, Secret stomped everyone. Um, they lost a couple of games, but they never lost a series. Um, and they flat out trashed the finals. That was their most stompy series almost, 3-0 against OG. Uh, OG before that. Kind of crushed Nigma, so we had like a clear one, two, three in this tournament. Um, Liquid were fourth, Alliance fifth, and an MP sixth. And then the tournament had this special flavor of bounties that the teams could acquire in the game by doing something extra, kind of like in Midas mode. Uh, and two of the bounties got done. One got done in on day one in the first game, even by Nigma, and Alliance did one in their first series as well. Uh, so that's why the prize distribution was actually pretty interesting, where the third place team got more money than the second place team, and the mm -hmm. fifth place team got more money than the fourth place team because of the bounties and because of the system this tournament ran, where when you lose a series, you lose 40% of your current prize pool to the team that beats you. So the teams are kind of taking like prizes off each other instead of there just being a distinct prize for yeah, one, two, three, four, five. What do, you, what do you think about that concept? I mean, obviously this is... Very similar to Midas mode, but in a more serious setting. What what do you think of the concept as a whole? I like it a lot. Uh, I think a sad outcome of it, if you will, or th the biggest problem with it is that in the end, it made Secret win over fifty percent of the entire prize pool for getting first. Hmm. That's my primary issue with it: is that it it's a bit too steep. Uh, but perhaps if you set the percentages differently, or you set the entrance prizes or bounties a bit differently, you can balance it out a bit better. Um, I didn't. I didn't do the math before the tournament started, so I didn't know what to expect uh, of how teams would land. But basically, Secret with first place got fifty thousand dollars, and OG with second got fifteen thousand dollars. So the finals was worth a lot. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and it's fine that the finals is worth a lot, but we've talked about this to death on this podcast in previous episodes about prize distribution. And I don't think in any given tournament that the winner should get 50%, even if they're clearly better than the rest. That is still very, very steep. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I love the concept of, uh, of the bounty system and uh, like the, the bank that you basically lose part of when you lose a series. I hope we get to see that in other tournaments. Just a, a couple of numbered tweaks, I think, would be great. And then it's good to go. I mean, I... My opinion is pretty obvious. I think stuff like this is really cool. It just gives an interesting twist to, especially when the meta is very stale, which it is right now. I mean, we ran Captain's Draft as a minor, which I think to this day, a lot of, a lot of, uh, what's the right, a lot of people still didn't like that idea of having that as an official DPC, but I think it just makes everything more interesting as a whole for just the viewer base. Uh, so stuff like this, I'm always for. Okay. Uh, Queen of Pain Arcana came out, Cinder, in the eminence of Ristul. She is pretty sexy. Uh, this is Lilith Incarnate. <laughs> oh, that's the uh, first thing. <laughs> you can unlock her second style, which makes her vengeful spirit, which looks really cool. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? We can go over like what it actually provides once you get it. It's What level is it again? Level 445. 445. Do you have a 445? Not currently, but I do plan on getting, like we talked about, I plan on getting the Arcanas at least um, okay. this year. But yeah, I haven't got to it yet. So I said on the on the previous episode or two episodes ago, whenever it was, that the artwork is my favorite artwork in Dota ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I fucking love this set. I think they did it justice. Um, there's a couple of things in this that I might not have liked a while back. For example, Queen of Pain gets a different attack animation when enemies are close. She whips instead of throwing out the, the dagger. <laughs> but it it doesn't really matter. Like It's very distinct that she is attacking and it's very clear and the sound cue is there and everything. So it's not really... I don't feel like it detracts anything from the gameplay or gives an unfair advantage or makes it confusing. Um, the set itself looks fucking stunning. I uh, love the effects. Uh, I think it was very cool that they went out and made... Uh, was it a 40-second teaser? I think it's the first time they've done that for an Arcana. They've had, like, introduction videos that are, like, just a quick, like, 5 to 10-seconder that loads when you boot up the game, but this time they actually made a full-on teaser for it uh, with voice acting and everything. Uh, a little bit... Honestly, that's a little bit more like how uh, League of Legends introduced to some of their heroes, I would say. They put a lot more effort into uh, advertising the set. Yeah. The marketing and aspect. I think it's great. I think it's great that they're advertising this and, and making a big deal out of it because it gets the community hyped, right? Like it gets people excited. They want to get this set. It feels like a part of something bigger. Um, so that's awesome. Um, the second style received a little bit of flack for looking too much like Venge uh, because <laughs> it's blue and because it has wings. If you put the heroes side by side and you pick the perfect Venge set to get the point across, I can see it to an extent. But I still think the silhouette, the way the hero moves, the way the spell casting goes and everything, uh, it's still distinct for me. But I understand for very new players, it could be a little bit confusing. So it's like a fine line you need to thread a little bit carefully. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, did you, six set. I love did it. you see the variations that people made that changed the color? There was one in yeah. particular that was pink. I thought was especially awesome. I mean, it feels like the blue, it's, it feels like every arcana has that, right? That that same type of color scheme. So I felt like they could have strayed away from the typical. Uh, Which other ones are blue? Ogre? Is Earthshaker Juggernaut? You know, like this ethereal look to them? 
that these heroes have when they're in the Arcana or the yeah. Immortals. Like I feel Shaker's like they... blue. When is the Shaker really blue? I, the this is based one off is red, right? I don't remember. Maybe it's a different yeah. hero I'm thinking of. But either way, I, I feel like that color scheme is very, very common. And mm-hmm. I mean, maybe pink is too uh, <laughs> too out there. But either way, I, I agree. The set looks really freaking good. Uh, to unlock the second style you need, it says torment a thousand enemies with sonic wave, which I assume means kill a thousand enemies. Um, do you, How difficult is that compared to some of the other unlockables? We've talked about just, like this uh, idea as a whole. I just checked Shaker, by the way. He also has that, let's call it vengeful blue. It's like, a, it's turquoise, I would say, or teal. Mm. It's more teal than it's blue. Um, this Quop level two color scheme is a little bit more in the in a purple direction overall than the Shaker one, but I can see definitely what you're getting at. Like the Shaker one is brighter. It's more bright blue, basically, whereas the Quop one is more... I don't know what you call that, but pale. I'm not very much of a, a color guy. No, it's it's just a bit more. It's a bit more in the blue purple direction, whereas the shaker one's a bit more in the green direction on the color circle. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they're still they're still blue. So fair point. Um, so about the about the thousand kills you said. Yeah, is it a thousand kills? I actually forgot to even check. If I don't this know if it's it says a thousand torment. kills or a thousand. Yeah, the the wording is a little bit unclear if you need to hit a thousand player heroes with sonic in a win or if you need to kill them with sonic wave there's a really big difference for how easy this is to unlock yeah. i'm gonna go out on a limb and say it means hit just because a thousand kills with sonic wave mm. is a lot and if you compare it to some of the other really difficult to obtain arcanas i think it's kind of more on par if it's hits but i don't know is for it sure. though I feel like I it's, think it's just much it. easier if it's just hits versus other archons, which is a good thing because I've thought it's been too hard in the past. Like uh, compared to Shaker, for example, Shaker's Arcana is 500 kills or assists with Echo Slam. Mm-hmm. So that also kind of just means, you know, hit and the hero dies in one way or the other. Yeah, that one but is it's not half too as bad. Many. I feel like the Ogre uh, Magi one, particularly, yeah. it feels bad because it's complete RNG. Um, the Juggernaut. One, the PA one was miserable. It still is miserable. The Pudge one might be the worst, though. You have to get 20 wins or something like that against a Rubik. Like, it's so... I hate it. I hate stuff like that, especially when you're paying that much money to get this cool-looking set. You have to still grind, to, which, again, I understand the idea of that, where you want to make it feel like you're working towards something, but I feel like they've just been too hard by default in the past. So this one sounds more it, manageable it, to me. It's like... Um... It's like a balance where you want it to feel cool and exclusive that you have it, right? I think it's a good thing that they're difficult to obtain so that it's a it's a challenging goal and it also makes it way more rewarding and unique to have it. Um, if everybody runs around with the second style, then or it's easy to obtain it, then you might as well just put it in in the start. Like if it's easy to get, then it doesn't really feel much like an accomplishment to unlock it, right? If it was like 100 kills or 100 hits, then it's like, you know play the hero in a couple of games and get it i think it's fine that it uh, that it takes a lot of effort i'm not mad at that okay fair enough uh having seen this though i am still not getting level 445 just because i don't play the hero i'm not the type of guy that collects stuff uh if i don't play it but very very good arcana. it might be the best uh best arcana they've done yeah quite possibly i could agree with that all right next topic is uh <laughs> So Ice Frog made a post on the dev forums randomly <laughs> that says, I quote, upcoming patch schedule. 
We are planning on releasing the first part of 7.27 in a couple weeks with a focus on item changes, economy, and miscellaneous general adjustments. It will be followed up later with hero focus changes. So before we talk about that, Sindarin, mm-hmm. I want to talk about how immediately uh, the first two comments were both very negative in reply to somebody that hasn't really... I mean, he has a history of like going in hibernation, especially when there's some negativity around. The second mm-hmm. comment says, what do you even do all day? Please retire. You're just ruining Dota. I... I don't know why I'm surprised of the negativity. I mean, I've read some heinous shit, whether it be YouTube comments, which are just historically awful, Facebook messages. I've gotten literal death threats multiple times now. But this is the dev forums. I felt like maybe that wasn't gonna <laughs> wasn't gonna happen, but still we see this extreme really? negativity i i don't know i'm pretty sure the deaf forums in the past so I, you've probably forgotten because it hasn't been, it's a, been thing a long for a while. time like the deaf forums yeah. haven't been used that way. in the past the deaf forums were also a cesspool like you kind of needed to dig through to find the good comments sometimes like there was a lot of just people whining complaining wow this last patch fucking sucked you buffed the wrong heroes look at this ho ho ha ha is the worst shit ever i hate dota blah 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 like there is I, I don't know if you can have a forum anymore online that isn't like very restricted in who you let in without getting like shit. <laughs> I just don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, I can totally like understand his mindset of not wanting to be in the public eye because, like, if I take my own situation, right? Or even yours or whoever's in our scene, like, we're not, I don't consider myself a celebrity, right? If I, compare myself to like a Brad Pitt, let's say, an actual celebrity. Mm-hmm. I look at his life. Yeah, he makes a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. I Let's say I have 0.5% of the fame. I don't know what the percentage would be. A very low percentage. The amount of hate that you get throughout your career, just doing what you're doing, amplify that by that, that much that he gets. I, I don't envy that portion of his career, right? And then for Ice Frog, game developer, like Pog, right? You should see the comments we get, people that come in Discord and live chat with you, how horrendous it can get. So I cannot imagine what Ice Frog goes through, uh, especially when you are the literal face of this giant game, right? You can say Gaben, you know, has there's a lot of memes around Gaben, but everybody knows this game is Ice Frogs, right? It's just on a completely different level. So I just yeah. hope that he doesn't take that to heart, Um because I mean, it's it's such a it's like it's such a shame. Like no matter what you do, once it gets big enough, there's always hate, and the fact that you kind of have to deal with the shit in every, uh, in like every arena, really. There's 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 this kind of you know the classic word for it's like toxicity, which some people don't like. So, but you know, just it's just people writing. Angry, angry shit that doesn't really help anything except making the person feel bad. Like, what's the point? What's the point of these messages? I understand maybe you want to rant or whatever, but maybe, you know. I feel like it's kind of... I don't want to say it hasn't always been there, but it feels like it's become way more accepted to just be... To just write messages like this in the last, like, 10 years. Maybe not more accepted, but people have just kind of given up on trying to monitor it. And maybe it is because it's almost impossible, uh, but it's just, it's still a shit, right? Yeah, you know, what's like, even sadder than this is when this first kind of started internet-wise, um, I, I was always of the opinion that it's because of anonymity, right? 
Mm-hmm. If you're anonymous, it doesn't matter what you say. There's no repercussions. But Facebook is an amazing example where you can literally see the person's name and their general location, and it doesn't deter them in, <laughs> in any way. It's yeah. crazy. And I think a part of it has to do with just the culture of growing up around the internet and this this negativity. It's just like a... It's just normal behavior now, which is unfortunate. I mean, I, I think the even if you're not anonymous, it doesn't feel like there's any repercussions because of the distance, right? It's like if you say some of the things you say in a physical conversation and the other person's next to you, it's a different story. Right. Like there's a different social codex where you understand, okay, you don't say that in these situations, but online you kind of feel like you can say anything, whatever, even if people know who you are uh, or, yeah. So it's just... Uh, there is still a little bit of anonymity to it, though. Like, for example, figures in the scene get massive repercussion for saying bad stuff. Whereas if you're not a figure in the scene, you know, people just yeah mute you or report you or whatever, and that's it, right? Like, as examples, when pro players get angry in pub games and say dumb shit that they shouldn't, they obviously need to, or I don't know if need to should be the right word, but they're expected to, you know, be, be a good, uh, be a, set a good example so if they don't do that, they obviously get repercussions. But the average person that plays this game can kind of say whatever the fuck they want. And that's, you know, it's a shame that it is like that. But I also don't have a good fix except, you know, <laughs> encouraging people to not be assholes. Well, you can that's do the China kind of the system where they create a credit system <laughs> depending yeah. on how good of a person you are. Uh, sounds very dystopian. Oh, dear. Um, so anyway, let's get to the meat of the post, sooner. And so... Again, right. 7.27 in a couple of weeks, which I'm going to give my thoughts and you can give yours. That's mm-hmm. obviously very unfortunate because I am literally not playing Dota right now. I find it just awful. This patch just feels really bad. Um, casting it is... I mean, I haven't been casting that much, so I haven't really gotten sick of that at all. Um, but I, I can't remember another patch where I felt this way. So it's not in a good place in my opinion. But they're going to go down the same road as before, which uh, is interesting. So, like before, they would come out with this giant patch. Then they would, uh, you know, change, tweak things as that were too imbalanced, or whatever the case may be, and then go from there. But now they're doing like these these precursor changes, I guess you can call them, where they make minor adjustments, item changes, stuff like that, and see how it mm-hmm. sits, and then go from there, and maybe make bigger changes after the fact. Which I don't know. How I feel about that. I feel like that's maybe part of the reason that we're in. The current state that we're in like this change of strategy is weird right uh i think it's the other way around that he has at least temporarily adapted this way of doing it because some of the big overhauls we've had he probably didn't like what it did to the game uh this last big patch with the whole major economy change um might have made the game a bit worse, honestly, in many ways. And that's obviously not the goal of the patches. The patches are meant to (laughs) make the game more fair and more fun, right? So, (laughs) yeah, what a surprise. Um, So I think maybe the thought is, okay, if we make these things a little bit too radical, it's getting out of control and they kind of need to stabilize a bit. Because honestly, with a game like Dota, it's extremely difficult to predict what happens. Even as the guy developing the game, I would imagine you can't... You can't fully predict what the repercussions are or like what the consequences are rather of making macro changes. It's always those like, you know, in the start of the patch, there's general gameplay. I feel like that category is so difficult to predict how it impacts the game where 
you look at a single hero change, like, you know, it's pretty easy to predict. Okay, this hero's win rate is going to drop by a little bit. It's maybe going to be played in a slightly different way. That's fine. But when you do general changes like map layout or gold or experience formulas and uh, kill streaks and all of this, and you do all of that within one or two patches, shit can get wonky really fast. And I think this time around, Ice Rock's not happy with what happened. Um, so there's two two strategies. One is, okay, you you could roll back and be like, okay, this patch was not good, so we're just going to go back, mm. which I think he doesn't like because it feels like regression. Um, <clears throat> or you could um, take smaller steps like this one where you're trying to, okay, this was a bit too radical. Let's try to stabilize first, and then we can do something crazy, perhaps. That's, that's what I hope is the idea. Okay. But yeah. I mean, that... Should be good. Again, I'm I not do agree saying, Dota's not in the best spot right now. I'm not I think saying, a lot of people uh, think Yeah, I, th- I don't think that's a very harsh opinion even. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of standard, at least amongst the people that I hang out with. Um, but it, I'm not saying that the, the strategy in which he's going about this is incorrect. Obviously, I know way less than he would. But from my perspective, it's more unfortunate because to get me back into playing, other, other than, you know, doing it for work-related reasons, it would require some some oomph. Does that make sense? Something mm-hmm. exciting. Um, like just deleting neutral items, <laughs> that would be pretty exciting I mean, on some level, but we're not expecting anything like fair. that. It's fair that he couldn't... Like, let's say the, the item changes economy and miscellaneous uh, adjustments isn't a mega patch, but it could have a mega impact. But when you mm-hmm. read it, it might not inspire you to be like, oh, fuck yeah, I need to play Dota again. Because maybe to the average player, the dissatisfaction they have with the game, they don't necessarily connect it with something that these, in theory, like 50 lines of patch could completely fix. Um, so that's that's a really good point. Like maybe you do need to do that, but perhaps that's going to come shortly after if they're happy with how the economy changes go. Um, right. I guess... I, I don't know what, what you personally get excited about when you read read patch notes. I'm always most excited for the general changes, but I think I'm in a minority there. I think most people look like, is my favorite hero getting buffed? Or is there a new cool item? Uh, or something like that. Um, but I always look at the, the macro things because I find that really interesting. Uh, but mm. people obviously... A lot of people just play two or three heroes and, and love the game and love playing those heroes. And then I can totally understand that mindset. What do you think? I haven't been excited in a centaur buff in years, to give you an idea. But no, um, even though it's more superficial, the thing I, if you ask me what I get most excited about in a patch is Mm -hmm. actually Aghanim's scepter changes for whatever reason. I just, Uh it's so cool. But no, I agree on a certain level, just uh, general changes that have big impact. Um, Not like gold related stuff. I always find that stuff kind of boring, like all those formulas, like meh. But, exactly. But uh, they do so much. That's the thing. Most people just yes. scan over it. They're like, oh, well. <laughs> like, okay, I guess. I mean, of everything, those are probably the changes that have the most impact on the game. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Just reworking skills of just general heroes. Even if I don't play the heroes, I just find that cool to read just, just from a like concept standpoint. you know. Uh, so maybe hero changes more than anything, mm-hmm. even if I don't play them, like I said. But yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, it sounds like it's going to be slower than a lot of people want, but the important thing is that they've at least said something. So I would way rather have it be slower and they do a good job than rushing it and making it worse. Like of course. It's, I think this is a pretty important time 
uh, for Dota right now from a balancing perspective, which we haven't really had to talk about. It feels like for years, I don't think we've had this. How to say? I don't think we've had this much dissatisfaction with the the state of the game in quite a while. The only time that really comes to mind where it was this bad was the flat out, flat out full rubber band patch that people hated. This is like the other end of the scale, right? I don't think it's a coincidence that the two patches people are least satisfied with are the full-on rubber band patch where it feels like, oh man, we won the game so fucking hard and we lose one fight and then we're behind? Like, what the fuck, man? How is that fair? Mm -hmm. And this patch where it's like, oh, we won the early game so hard so we can kind of just fuck up for like five times and the losing team is still not getting back in the game. Like, it needs to be somewhere in the middle of these two. Not necessarily central, but like on a scale from one to ten, where one is rubber band, we're kind of at 10 right now, or nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to be more at around like a four to six, I think. So I hope that's what they're going to do. Um, yep. But yeah. I mean, I agree. I think everybody agrees. <laughs> it, feel, it feels more... It's, it's weird because it's not... It's less of, God, I hate Dota right now. It's more just not interested in playing. Like, it mm-hmm. doesn't feel good. You know, it's, it's more apathy than anything, um, from mm-hmm. my side at least. Uh, but again, any of these big patches that comes out will probably rekindle everything. Uh, so the last thing for before we get to the, the real juice of this episode, they came out with a new feature. The I forget what they actually call it. The bad language detector. <laughs> what do they oh, actually call? Oh God! Um, so CS:GO came out with it first, and I think it's just like a source engine type thing that they've just implemented, copy pasted, if you will. Mm-hmm. I I need to understand something, Cinderella. What is the argument? Because there were some Reddit threads about people being angry that it's by default on, even though you can just turn it off in the settings. What? It, what? What? <laughs> why? Why are people angry about? It? I don't understand that side at all. Can you give me yeah. any insight I, to that perspective? I think every game I have played that had a language filter, it was on by default, and you yeah. switched it off. And <clears throat> I don't see why it shouldn't be that way. It's a way of protecting minors or you know people that just don't want to have anything to do with bad language in general like whatever reasons you have for it to one get censored it's your choice um i I think it should be on by default and people that complain that it's on by default well you know it's there and you know you can change it so click one button and then it's gone and you get the game the way it was before i i agree i really don't see what all the fuss is about like people can complain about the bad language detector being bad that's a totally different story. Like, is it actually doing a good job? Uh, and I think in a lot of cases, it's not. Like, it's censoring stuff that doesn't need to be censored or it shouldn't be. <laughs> like item item just, names? <laughs> yeah, even an item description is getting censored. Arse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it has arse in the word, then it's censored. I mean, that's obviously just stupid, right? But I think you'd kind of need to filter through that manually. I think it's very difficult to design a system that automatically can tell if a word is bad or not, especially because a word can be bad in one context and fine in another. Um, so, like, the obvious easy ones are the ones that are just flat-out cuss words, right? But outside of that, it can be a little bit tricky. Language is very complex. So, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I don't really want to talk about this that much. It's like, if the system is bad, make it a bit better with the bad language detector. But the people complaining that it's on by default, like, come on, man. Just go press a button and it's on. Like... It's not even a console command. It's literally in the settings, for God's sake. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, People that complain about that, you guys have some different. horrible priorities right now. Let me tell I you. I think most, if not all, MMOs have something like this on by default. Yeah. And you can just go to the settings and switch it off. 
Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. It's weird. P- people like to complain about nothing. Yes, they do. We like to sure talk do. about nothing. Well. But at least we don't complain all the time. We don't complain all this. This next topic is, I believe, unprecedented in the Dota 2 world so far. I'm trying to think of something on a similar level about this topic specifically, and nothing comes to mind initially. But the Dota 2 workshop drama, Sindarin, have you been reading up on this at all? It I have, is yeah, I have. pretty fucking crazy. So for those that don't know, uh, obviously there was a big vote for a bunch of sets going into the cash for this year. They did the same thing last year. Yeah. And there's this polygon limit. Okay. So for people that don't know, I'm going to try to dumb it down. Well, it's dumbed down already because I'm saying it and I don't know exactly how it works. But <laughs> when you're creating a set, you can make things extremely complex with the amount of polygons that you use, right? You can make it extremely detailed. The problem is that if they allowed any level of detail, it would run like garbage on a lot of computers. So as a result, each set, which comes with different parts on each respective, you know, there could be a helmet, there could be shoulder piece. You guys have seen cosmetics many times. Why did they you point to your knee when you said shoulder piece? Shoulder piece. Shut up, Sinan. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> How can I point to my knee from here? Come on. There. MA anatomy. Thank you. Um, so each part has a polygon limit. And when you submit it, you literally cannot submit it to the workshop internally mm-hmm. going over that limit. Okay. So somebody went through the files because this is the interesting thing. Because they have a vote in game, you can actually look at the sets, right? You can literally go in the game. Yep. Somebody checked the poly limits on some of these sets. Some of them are way over which is literally not possible to upload to my understanding. So did a little bit more digging and this happened last year as well to the same people. Uh, A lot of which got all their sets in to the game. So this begs the question, this is where the drama comes in. Number one, this means Valve or somebody at Valve had to have accepted these internally bypassed the original system, which means that there's the voting is a sham for these certain uh, cosmetics. They're getting in the game no matter what. Number two, a lot of the same people are involved every single time. And there's one person particularly who is referred to as the Saudi prince guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do enough research to verify whether he actually is a Saudi prince. I've heard some people say that it's been verified that the, uh, the king of I Saudi Arabia, his son yeah. plays Dota or something to that effect. So it might be true. Um, he plays a lot of Dota. He spends a shit ton of money and apparently gets... I didn't even know he's involved in getting sets into the game, uh, which, again, there's two different issues here, in my opinion. Number one, there's the issue of Valve favoritism in general. Like, is it okay uh, for Valve to accept... Like, auto-accept sets from somebody because he puts a lot of money into the um, into the battle pass every year. That's a whole separate issue, which I could see both sides. I'm not on one side or the other, right? That's mm-hmm. favoritism, but at the end of the day, it's a business. That's how things work. This one, which is the one we'll talk about, is the fact that there's a vote, which apparently doesn't seem to matter because some of these sets not only go over the polygon limit, which again insinuates that this was that done internally by Valve, wink, wink, uh, but they also, some of them have apparently uh, particle effects already which you can't do particle effects anymore for, like they don't accept them anymore from third parties in most cases. So as Tell far as I understood, I think I, re- I either read this today or yesterday, but 
it seems like it has at least either there's a theory or this is confirmed that the loophole is that you can't upload over the limit, but you can edit. So you submit, let's say the polygon limit is 2000. You submit a set with 2000 or less. And then once it is submitted, you're allowed to edit the files and you can edit it over the limit once okay. it's in. So let's say it just gets through the initial filter of testing and then you edit it. Maybe in that editing section, you can also edit in particles. That technically means that the issue here is just the system itself. It is possible that nobody's playing favorites. Uh, I'm not saying that's the case, but there is the possibility that if that is the issue, then it's flat out just a server-side thing where it needs to do a check every time it edits that it is still under the limit. And Valve might have just made an oopsie there to not do that check whenever there's an edit. And obviously some people... Then it then it's more of like an ethical thing almost at that point where people who do that on purpose, knowing that it's not really intended and it's kind of wrong, hmm. are fucking other people over that stay within budget and get less interesting or exciting sets. Um, but at that point, it's not like it's not a Valve or playing favorite or cons- conspiracy thing. Then it's just down to the individual creator. Just you know, that's a good point. Okay, so there's two avenues. Not playing fair, right? right? There's two avenues. One. One, which is the conspiracy theory attitude, which is somebody at Valve is mm-hmm. allowing this to happen, and it's a hush-hush, wink-wink situation, which mm-hmm. might be, even to a small degree, happening anyway, regardless of which side we're talking about, just because of mm-hmm. the fact that this guy gets all his sets in the game. There's a guy that has uh, literally like 15-plus sets in this cache, for example, somehow. Um but yeah, the other side is if it's just a bug, then this is malicious on just the workshop artist standpoint. So the real mm-hmm. issue, of course, is that there's a vote, right? So people are looking at these sets, the ones that, I mean, this isn't always the case, but typically if you're allowed to use more detail, it will look better and thus will get more votes. Oh, of course. Like yes, that's just absolutely. how it works. Now, there's some exceptions. I th- think there's a... I forget, there's like a Maran amount that I think looks horrendous that apparently is way over polygon limit, but that's just subjective uh, opinion. Mm -hmm. So let's go down each avenue and say what we think should happen. Okay. Okay. So let's start with a non-conspiracy theory attitude, which is this is a bug. Workshop artists are taking advantage of it. Now keep in mind that once it's voted in, like let's say it's a bug and it's voted in, they still have to go back or maybe Valve has to do it and they have to make it reach the correct polygon limits because it won't, I believe other sets that have gotten in the game that were over budget still got brought down back to the normal budget. I believe don't quote me on that, but that's what I think. Okay. So what do you think should happen in that case? Uh, I think, Hmm. It's tough, right? Like it's either, either you determine, okay, these people were maliciously doing it and not playing fair. So those sets just get taken out because of that, because it's uh, just unfair competition, kind of like getting disqualified from a game or a a match or sport or whatever. Mm. Um, Either they do that or they're like, well, clearly the community loves the idea of this set. And we think that if we cut it down below polygon level, it is still going to be a good set and could get in. And then in the future, we're going to never have this problem occur again because we fixed the loophole. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those two, I think, is most likely. I don't know which one I like more, to be honest, because I feel like flat out just disqualifying it as well. Like, it's kind of like, do you give people the benefit of the doubt where they're just like, oh, we thought the system was this way just so that it filtered like crazy stuff out in the beginning. So we kind of show a concept in the start and then the concept is approved and we can work on it. Eh. Or if that's just like, no way. 
and that's, everybody does it maliciously. Okay, that's a little naive, I think. I mean, because yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, is is that likely? No, because if not, like, I, I, I could so. definitely. I would not hate if people were of the opinion that the set should just not get just get disqualified, right? Right. Unfair play. Uh, but yeah, I probably would say overall that is the maybe the best solution. But it's a shame if some really fucking cool sets don't get in because of that. If they were willing to limit the budget and, you know, uh, but like you said, the problem is where they have got enough votes and that's just speculation, right? There's no way of knowing. Maybe they could have posted the same set with within the polygon limit and it still would have looked great enough to get in. Maybe it will get less votes, but still get in. Right. Uh, I mean, probably disqualification is the best. Okay. I, for that, for that Avenue, I completely agree. Disqualification is actually pretty easy. Now the problem is 2018 last year or wait, was it two Two years they've had it? It's two years because they said that it happened 2018. Okay, so, so yeah, we had a vote so. two years ago, really. Okay, well, either way. I think so. What happens to those sets? They, they, they already made their money. I guess you can't do anything. It's just it's a thing of the past, right? Because these caches don't resell, I believe, after TI anyway. So it's just done, no. right? I mean, things, things like this happen in all sorts of situations in life, right? Where it's like, <laughs> it's like with, uh, with Solo's... Uh, match fixing thing right back there there was no precedent set it wasn't uh it wasn't banned at the time so he did it and you could be like like ethically this is a gray zone at best mm-hmm. but you do it the rules the rules get put in place but you don't punish him retroactively by saying you can never play again uh it's like i kind of see it in the same way where these these guys quote unquote got away with it within the confinements of the system and you just have to look ahead and prevent it from ever happening again. Uh, okay. That's, yeah, that sounds fair to me. I, I mean, mean, what else would you do, right? Like, right. Well, so we should talk about, like, I do think there's some level of, like, I don't think it's as black and white as maybe some might. Let's say you did this and you're like five polygons over. Is that really that big of a deal? <laughs> but the issue is a lot of these are like close to two times the polygons you should be allowed. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty clearly a, I, I don't know if malicious is even the right word. It's, it's calculated, whether it's via Valve or not is the real question. So let's get to that avenue. Let's say mm-hmm. the conspiracy theory is true. They're letting in all these items because uh, the Saudi prince gives them a shit ton of money. They're fabricating a vote, essentially, for some of these sets. Um, they have now made a TV Dotto, for those that don't know, used to be a workshop artist. He made the uh, there's a mythical PA set, which is what his claim to fame was. It has like the dual wielding swords or whatever, mm-hmm. or daggers. Uh, he is now a Valve employee, and he actually commented on one of the Reddit posts saying, we are investigating the issue. So what happens, like, take me down this road of the conspiracy. Like, generally, I'm not into the conspiracy theories, right? Mm-hmm. But this one feels more possible, like within the realm of possibility. What happens if it, they find out that somebody at Valve is like hush hush, just accepting these sets automatically, regardless of the vote? What if Ice Rock has spent all of his energy getting in sets instead of making a good patch? <laughs> so okay, that's the one because that he I don't loves agree mangoes, with. and any set that's mango color <laughs> needs to get into the game. So there's there's some conspiracy theorists out there that are saying that there. There's some dummy accounts that are just connected to Valve employees that are just trying to collect extra money on top of everything they make at Valve already. I think that's probably going way too far. I mean, I, 
as far as I know, Valve employees make a shit ton of money already, and there's almost no incentive to, other than, you know, obviously getting fired or facing criminal charges. I don't think it would ever be worth any kind of a risk like that. So let's no. not entertain that thought process. Let's go for uh, what I originally said. So what do you think yeah. happens so, in that case? I don't, I mean, I don't really know exactly what in there, this is like a total, like this is even more of an absurd guessing game just because we don't know how they internally would handle something like this. Right. If the person who has helped get in the sets gets fired or gets a punishment uh, by the company. Uh, well, what if it's not an individual though? That's another right. thing. What if it's just yeah. the company as a whole? Like this was... This was calculated yeah, well, if, on their end. Well, who's going to punish them? Exactly. That's my point. The community? They're, they're saying they're looking into it. But what if... <laughs> what if, what are they we looking into? We are going into? to investigate. <laughs> We're going to investigate nope, ourselves. it's all good. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happened. All right, how about this? Let me make the question a little bit more digestible for you. What do you think should happen if this is true? If what is true? That it's one person... Okay. Or if it's all of Valve that have done it. Like, oh, this is so, this is kind of absurd, to be honest. But I okay. understand. It makes it more interesting for us to talk about whether it's absurd or not, shouldn't matter. Uh -huh. Right. Let's go down both roads. Let's split it down the middle. So, one employee, they get fired, I assume, face criminal charges, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how serious they are. I don't know if get. you face criminal charges for something like this, but you would, you would expect that if Valve find out about this, then. They take some action about that against that person. I don't know what it is. If it's firing or a punishment or uh, getting put on an artifact instead of Dota, like whatever it is, um, you're just nodding at that. You're not even gonna laugh. Are you serious? I wasn't listening. Sorry. What did you say? <laughs> oh my god! You just had a deadpan face. I was like, how are you not reacting? I, I did this? not listen to a word you just said. I'm sorry. <laughs> What did you say? <laughs> I said he could either he could get fired or get like a, a punishment on a bonus or something or get put on the artifact team and you were just sitting there <laughs> nodding. <laughs> no, that's that's uh, that's not a punishment. <laughs> of course not, Cinderin. How dare you? Oh, I fucking love it. Although um, I think some employees might think it is. Uh, you never I mean, know. Whatever. <laughs> it's it's a good meme. Yeah, I, I guess that one. And then if it's if it's all of Valve. Just fabricating the thing. There's going to be community outrage, right? But like, I I don't know. Like, it's really difficult to predict what that kind of thing leads to, anyway. Like, uh, if like the why would they ever admit it in that passes, case, right? Yeah, as a company, somebody has to find out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's so like I feel like that out of all the possible scenarios we've talked about, to me, that is the absolutely least likely is that Valve mm -hmm. are doing some sort of fake vote to just make the community feel like they're voting for something and then uh like including arcana votes in the past when it was like a close win for pudge or whatever where the votes just faked like you can always mm -hmm. come up with conspiracy shit i feel like that's the least likely so there's definitely a possibility that one or two people or whatever are playing favorites that's not out of the question shit like that's happened before but the whole company being in on this thing and just playing the community like a fiddle well the reason that's a really fucking dark outlook the reason that that is almost a an impossibility for me is because the company itself is so disconnected from each other anyway. <laughs> like they're all their own separate entities. Like there's almost no communication between the CSGO team and literally every other game that they make, right? That's just how it goes. Mm. So I don't I don't entertain that thought process at all, in all honesty. But like mm. the whole playing favorites thing, like this is the thing that always bothered me from it's not just the Valve thing either. It's every company. Their stance and a lot of other companies' stances, they don't play favorites. 
it's this is a known stance that they have and it's mm-hmm. obviously yeah. not true this is 100% not true and obviously the hypocrisy of it is the thing that bothers me the most but not the actual deed itself right playing favorites is just a thing that's the part of business that's you don't do business with people you don't like that's just how it works yeah. i feel I like mean, it's kind of impossible being a business and not playing favorites in any capacity like there's right. always going to be some sort of bias but you can have the goal of not playing favorites, at least in situations where you don't have to, mm-hmm. right? That's definitely, you can strive for it. I think striving for that is very admirable, but also with understanding that it's probably impossible to be completely impartial always. On right. Things, so. If you have a, I mean, I'm just trying to bring this a bit down now. Like, let's say there's no vote involved. Do you have a problem with this? Uh, with what sorry if with like let's just let's just uh isolate this to the saudi prince getting him right. shit ton of sets every year um he puts a shit ton of money into the game obviously he's like level ten thousand something or whatever it is he does get, gets it every year way more yeah probably way more so the idea of that you're okay with that of like buying influence uh, I mean, basically I, guess t- I mean that is what it is right I guess to a degree, it's, yeah. if you if you put it like that, that's basically what it is, right? Okay, you're like this guy is contributing a lot to the game, and therefore he gets to choose something in the mm-hmm. game. Uh, I mean, I obviously don't like it. I would say um, that you can, but but I mean, it's business, right? Like if somebody contributes a lot of money to the game, uh, like a lot compared to the average person, and they have some requests or they're trying to. To influence where things are going i i feel like to me there's a pretty clear distinction between him just saying put these sets in the game and they have to do it or you know lobbying for sets i think there's a difference there where he's mm-hmm. like uh trying to trying to influence things in the direction that he likes uh and then there's no guarantee that it gets in like let's say he wanted the worst set ever to get in the game i still don't think it would get in if he had a battle pass level one million because val would be like like the if let's imagine this guy's you think Capri Sun di- and Gun Witch Doctor's never going to No, no, no. Again? That one's awesome. He wanted the pudge <laughs> in a diaper, right? Let's imagine he wanted the diaper pudge in the game. I don't like, remember this. I don't. One. I don't think that would happen. I don't think that would. Happen. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe the new toy pudge will be the pudge in a diaper. <laughs> Inspired uh, by the Saudi prince and his <laughs> diaper idea. Thank you. But yeah. Um, okay. Well. I guess that brings that topic to the to an end, but it I can't remember a time where it felt like a conspiracy theory could have some truth to it. Like if usually I just put them off as just being what they are, right? Just entertainment value, mm-hmm. nothing else, and gossip. But this one has a little bit of meat to it for sure, uh, depending on if that bug is a real thing or not. Um, so I guess we'll find out when Valve finishes their investigation, Cinderin. We'll see. Um, but more than likely, it's just some sort of uploading error in which case i think the disqualifications should be in order mm-hmm. all right uh we're done with dota so we're going to talk about the second best game ever artifact 2.0 cinder which are you in yet uh, i don't think so no okay a lot of people haven't been getting their emails apparently so you have to just check oh. your actual steam to see oh, if it's well, in then there. i didn't please okay please I've check i've only been doing that let me check where it should it be like a separate game called artifact 2.0 yes separate game Nope, don't have it. All right, unfortunate. So, is In Bruges by any chance in your Steam library? Uh, I have In Bruges 2.0. Yeah, that's not, I don't think it's the same no, thing. Not the right one. Uh, so, they came out with a blog post today. Um, 
which we kind of referenced last week, they want, and I actually did this, the survey, they want people to take a survey on the red heroes of the game and how they feel about them. What do you think about that idea of getting like this, uh, what's the best way, crowdsourcing opinions? Yeah, wisdom of the wisdom of the crowd, right? Wisdom, but the problem the is like a, most people that are probably doing this or have access to it, or sorry, not have access to because everybody can have access to it. They haven't played the game before or maybe even watched mm -hmm. the game before. That's kind of weird, right? How do you filter out a bunch of garbage? Yeah, I would agree. It You should probably only or at least weigh the response you get where it matters more that people have played. Uh, but that doesn't mean that people that don't play can't contribute and can't have ideas just on a conceptual level. Uh, I think there's something good to be said about people's initial opinions without having played the game to an extent as well, just because, mm. you know, when you get that kind of feedback, then you understand the expectation of players returning or getting into the game, what they think at first glance, right? A lot of the times in card games, people are like, wow, this shit is so broken. And then you play, oh, it wasn't that broken. Uh, so they can maybe, like, if they filter it well, I think it can give, like, a good outlook on what a casual player will think, what a more hardcore player will think, and what a more experienced player will think. Uh, so I just think it's important that they don't weigh them all equally because that could lead to bad design. Um, and that might also, just as a side note, that might be one of the problems that has happened with Dota, to be honest. Uh, I like Reddit. Uh, I read it a lot. Uh, I think there's a lot of good stuff being posted there, a lot of funny stuff. But the average person on Reddit is not good at balancing Dota. Like, there are really? so many suggestions on there mm -hmm. that are really bad. Like, Ooh. really bad. Yeah. But I think perhaps the filtering has got a little bit worse, where a lot of, a couple of more of the suggestions that come from Reddit get implemented than they should. And that's a good example of that balance, where how much do you listen to your casual player? How much do you listen to the experienced player? Yeah. I think you kind of have to weigh that. And ultimately really trust that your beta testing team and yourself who have been doing this for literally 15 years <laughs> you should be confident before you listen to like a random idea that might sound crazy but could be fun uh but just as many bad examples as there are there's also good examples right there's suggestions that came from reddit that have been awesome so uh, it's, I think it's hit the... or miss right my favorite suggestions from Reddit that I have zero problem with Valve implementing right away are quality of life stuff. Yes. And quality some of, of them relate to heroes. Like just a random example. I know it changes the gameplay a little bit, but the idea of being able to activate the passive of Mars, I thought that was such a cool idea and it fits the theme yeah. and that's, that's that a really a good suggestion. idea. And then yeah. things that I'm doing this, using this as my platform syndrome. A quality of life for the fucking in-game menu is to filter out your friends. Let make let me type out the name of a friend and filter out instead of having to go through this fucking garbage UI to oh, get my so friends. Oh, so search in your friend list. Yes, please. That would be awesome. I've actually. been asking for this for literally I, eight years. Whenever they put Source 2 in, it's probably been less than yeah. eight years. But You can Jesus do it Christ. in Steam, but not in Dota, right? Right, yes. Yeah. Just the same functionality, yeah, plop it in there. Please, God. Um, anyway, back to Artifact. Uh, <laughs> since we're talking about red heroes, I figured we'd do a couple hero spotlights on a couple red heroes, Cinderin, which sure. actually synergize really nicely together. So you can take uh, the first one. All right. So Centaur is a 3-9 three, uh, three drop with a 3-turn cooldown, 1-mana cost ability called Stampede. Give your units Trample. I don't remember you know what, that, what is? that is. Trample... 
trample means the excess damage that you're dealing to somebody will go to the tower. Okay. Gotcha. So if you're so, so he yeah. does three damage if he's hitting a creep, which is one one, you're doing two extra damage, which goes to the tower. Okay. So it's kind of like a, a pressure ability that can even win the game on the spot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then he has his uh, attached card, double edge, which costs one. Give a red hero on either team plus six and minus six. In the previous version of Artifact, Double Edge did something similar, but it was yeah. to only an allied hero. Nope, that's uh, not and true. It's obviously... It was always red hero. And it, yeah, that's was eight. yeah, but only... Oh, it, you could also do it to an enemy red hero. Yes. Oh, so they just changed the text. I just... Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, you could do it on both. But it was an eight, eight. Eight yeah. plus, eight minus. But it was still a one cost, I think. Yep, it was the same. Yeah. So it's just a uh, smaller numbers, and I guess that goes hand in hand with how overall the heroes have been downscaled in health and damage. So it's kind of, it's largely the same card basically in terms of balance, I would imagine. Um, yep. But I, I guess it's nice that they write it out like this. Yeah, they they changed the wording on a lot of the cards to make it a little less confusing and more consistent. They still have some work to do in that department, but yeah, uh, yeah. My, plus six attack, minus uh, six armor. So you could kill an enemy red hero if they're getting blocked by a creep in a lot of cases. Um, and obviously it synergizes perfectly with Stampede, right? You give your your centaur or whoever a shit ton of damage, they'll probably die in the process. But if they're hitting a creep, then basically all your damage minus the one health of the creep goes to the tower. So that's the synergy. Yeah. Um, and then the second this hero... This is a one-turn effect, whether you die yes, or not. Yes, one-turn effect. So Tusk is the other hero. This is a brand new hero. He is a 4-6 with an active walrus punch that you can use every three rounds. It All it does is double Tusk's attack for that round. So he goes from a 4-6 to an 8-6. Uh, well, he goes more. Because with, if he has a damage item, right, or if he has any other modification like Stampede uh, or, uh, neighbor, double edge. or na- neighbors that give him damage or whatever. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty fucking nasty. You give this guy double edge, you use stampede, and then you walrus punch. You could deal like twenty damage to the tower that round. You could literally one shot it. Nutty. People have already one shot towers with this guy. It's pretty crazy. That is broken. I so, think. But again, I haven't played, so it's just my casual perspective. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds pretty broken. This okay, one, but. in my experience so far, is not broken. Uh, it's very cool. It's a it's a meme type of thing. I don't know how strong Tusk is. He seems good, but not crazy good. And Centaur, I would say, is maybe below average for red heroes, but red heroes are really good on average. So Tusk's card is a two-mana spell called Ice Shards. Push an enemy and deal one damage to it. Summon an Ice Shard in its place. So an Ice Shard, trying to remember from memory, I think it's a 0-1 uh, with Feeble. So the reason that's important, Feeble is the reverse trample, Cinderin. So let's pretend you don't have mm-hmm. Centaur on your team. You buff Tusk's damage, and then you Ice Shard somebody out of the way, and they get replaced with uh, an Ice Shard in front of you. So basically, all the damage you're doing to this unit will go to the tower. And if you add Centaur into that mix, obviously it becomes even crazier because of Double Edge and all that stuff. So he has a lot of potential to be like have like really cool plays. Aggro um, card. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm a big fan of uh, that design. So, those are the yep, two hero fun. spotlights for this week. Okay, uh, an update to last week's topic on the Twitch copyright uh, music. Oh boy, have you read this? By the way, I have. Yeah. What? Are you, okay, so basically, Twitch will be scanning and deleting clips that contain copyright music. Uh, obviously, this is in part due to a lot of the 
outlash that they got for people getting copyright for old stuff that, you know, they weren't enforcing it for a long time. Let's just say that, right? Or I guess they were technically enforcing it, but the record labels or whoever owns the music weren't doing anything about it. So they're going through this stuff and deleting it themselves at this point to make it easier on the streamer. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, I guess, like, how to start. So obviously it sucks that this is a necessity. Uh, like we talked about in the in previous episodes, I, I wish this wasn't something they had to do, but I understand that they need to cover their asses and that this is a, a problem with copyright law. Uh, my argument would be that the copyright law is outdated, uh, but that's a totally different like issue at that point. So let's just look at what's going on. Mm. Given the circumstances, this is about the best we could have hoped for. So what originally was the case was that even VODs weren't getting scanned at all. So people could have any music in VODs, and then Twitch announced, we're going to start scanning VODs. And if you have music that is copyrighted, it will get muted, but the right. VOD will stay. So all sound will be muted. Um, basically, all they're doing is they're extending that functionality to clips. And the reason clips became a problem was that they did not get muted. So the streamers could be struck by DMCAs because they played music. And I guess from a legal standpoint, the difference between a live stream and the clip is that somebody can constantly just go back and watch that clip and effectively listen to an album. Whereas if you watch the live stream, <laughs> the song plays once, right? Yeah. Like, okay. uh, I, I mean, I guess there's a legal difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, because if there wasn't, then we would be banned from playing music. And what it sounds like is that we still get to play music. We're just going to get muted. And they're not scanning live streams, at least not yet, based on this. Uh, <clears throat> th- you could imagine a future where they get mm-hmm. forced to scan live streams. And if you're playing copyrighted music, your stream gets muted uh, the, for the viewers live. Right, um, but it doesn't sound like that. And the most important thing here is streamers won't be penalized. So, um, I personally was on the wave of just nuking my channel. I basically went through my clips and just deleted everything because uh, I didn't like. I wasn't married to my clips that much. There was obviously a couple of clips, a couple of clips that had quite a lot of use, which sucked. They were kind of funny and the clips uh, iconic moments from mm-hmm. <laughs> no <laughs> deleting them sucked. It was good. It was like iconic moments from my stream that were fun that got shared on Reddit or whatever. Um, but I think the vast majority of those had music, so I just got rid of it just in case. Uh, and then all of the unviewed clips or very few view clips, I just deleted at a whim. I was like, you know, it doesn't really matter. Nobody really watches the clips. Uh, so I just deleted everything. Uh, but now this is good to know for the future that if I am interpreting this correctly, I'm allowed to stream with music <clears throat> and people are allowed to clip it. But if they if the clips are with music, they will be muted. And that obviously means now the streamer has to decide if they're aiming to get clips um, that people can watch and enjoy, where the sound is a big part of it. You probably need to play licensed licensed music or no music at all. Uh, but now the agency is with the streamer, right? And that's, I feel like that's okay. Now it's a conscious choice that you make uh, if you want to take that risk or not. So I feel like this is a pretty good outcome. The best outcome was that we just got to do whatever the fuck we wanted, but I understand that's unlikely to happen. Uh, without a change in the law, right? And that doesn't seem to be happening. So so I I don't know if I can 100% verify whether that's true, what you're saying, that they can't penalize you for live streaming music. <clears throat> but I understand if why you can, went If they can, I would love to know that Yeah, <laughs> before I fuck myself, right? Yeah, I in this article that I'm reading, it doesn't specifically say one way or the other. So uh, yeah. don't quote us on that one. Uh, but yeah, that... Technically, it would make sense because then they'd have to be watching live to be able to do anything about it, to know that you're even doing anything wrong if you're looking at it from their perspective, right? Um, 
And it also depends on how fast the copyright stuff or the, the deleting of clips and highlights occurs as well. Like, is that yeah. super fast? Well, is there a delay? If it, is, if it is as fast as the VOD, you can finish a stream, and the moment the stream is over, the VOD can be scanned. Like, it can be mm. marked really quickly. So if it's the same with clips, I'm imagining they maybe scan real-time almost. Like, somebody makes a clip, it gets submitted to the clipboard, and then on that board, the system then scans it immediately. Uh, if that is the case, it will be super fast and effective, obviously, uh, and any music will just get muted out. But like I, I, I'll just repeat it from last from my opinion from last week. I don't understand why the music industry is so horny for this. I feel like it's actually shooting themselves in the foot. But mm. that's that's just my two cents. I honestly think it helps them to have streamers play music. I think they get higher sales rather than lower sales because people discover new music rather than specifically not buying music because, oh, it was on the streams. I'm just going to watch this guy's stream instead of getting a subscription service or buying an album. Like the cost benefit there, there might be people that do that. There probably is. But the fraction, I, I just can't see it adding up, man. And I don't believe that these guys have the stats either. I think they're just doing it. Well, if you even like look at it from play, just a, from a negative PR a standpoint, right, that people are going to hate them for doing this. Uh, yeah. There's also the aspect just, to think about. So, I really, I genuinely don't fucking get it. It feels like a bunch of people make these decisions that are completely disconnected from what is actually happening. Like they just oh, hear it, people are playing copyrighted music, and they're like, "Alert, alert, red alert! It's copyrighted music." They don't get to have any of our stuff, <laughs> and then they just nuke everything that the music is on instead of looking at the big picture. I mean, so, you I mean could, in the end, you jokes on that, you, right? Uh, if you're the ones losing from it, then it's their own problem, but it fucking sucks for everyone else. Any policy so. or lawmaking decisions, uh, typically they will not have any idea regarding yeah. technology am, in general. I am well aware so, of that. Uh, I, I know. It's, it's an just, ongoing issue. It obviously sucks a bit more because it affects me personally, but that is politics in a nutshell. Is people a lot of the time making big decisions about stuff that they don't listen to the expert about enough before they do it. In all aspects of policy. Yeah. Uh, so that is, that's that. All right. And then well, final topic before we get to the mailbag, Cinderin. Uh, the yep. PlayStation 5 has been revealed Ooh. in terms of the look. I need your opinion on this okay. before I give my piece. So we've seen the Xbox. What, what, what the fuck's it called? The Xbox Series X. <laughs> literal worst name of anything ever and i will not buy it just because of the name i refuse to uh be party to something so god-awful and now the playstation 5 which of course no surprise the name but what about the look they changed it up this time it looks like a dystopic building from blade runner or something okay. but it's in a good way it looks cool oh in a good it, way it, it, it looks cool to stop. No. Um, I mean, it's pretty simple, right? It's black and white design, uh, white exterior, black like core or whatever you want to call it. And the controller is similar logic. Like the, what would you call that? The the handles are white, but the... It's like the base. It's not the, the base, under, but... The base, I guess. The, the underbelly. Underside, the, the underside is black. Um, yeah. I think... I like it. I feel like it just looks it just looks slick and simple. Uh, I don't think I think a lot of the times these like uh uh people how to say the designers try to get a bit too crazy. I think the most important thing is is the functionality there. Like is it functional? Is it easy to understand? Um and then I am a I'm a pretty big fan of like minimalist or slick looks and I think this mm -hmm. looks pretty slick. So, I like it. 
Okay. I I don't like it. Um, okay. I I feel like they tried to go. I, all right. I don't hate it as much as I hate the Xbox name. Okay. I will say that it's not even remotely <laughs> close. There might not be anything in the entire. Okay. There is a couple of things, but almost nothing in the entire world I hate more than the Xbox Series X name. Um, Xbox Sex, as we like to call it here on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, still looking for sponsors, by the way. I don't know. It's it it feels like it's something that a 15 year old would super try hard try to make something look cool it looks like an a i I tweeted this as well it looks like an alienware computer desktop computer Mm. from like the year 2000 i could see that like i i was expecting more like all they had to do and it probably doesn't matter at the end of the day they could again they could have went with just even more simple just very basic like you're going against a literal fucking box in the Xbox. Mm-hmm. Like there's not much competition. You can argue about the the hardware that's inside. You can argue about the better games that each respective console comes with, which I don't know what the argument is. PlayStation is probably better in almost every regard. Uh, the hardware is another issue though. But the look, I, I just feel like why, why go for something that is kind of crazy when that could turn some people off? But do you find this kind of crazy though? I do find it kind of when you're saying no. minimalistic, I I don't know if I feel the same way. I feel like it's I mean, okay, I guess it depends what you compare it to. If you compare it to PlayStation 1 and 2 for example, then no, then it has a bit more or but I guess even PlayStation 3 and 4. So like maybe it's not, but at the same time like the color scheme and the I don't know how to I'll use say the, good words for this. Like, just the layout of it is pretty... Mm. It's, like, very simple. Like, with straight lines or minor curves, and then... There's a lot of curves. It just... Yeah, but they look they look slick <laughs> to me. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not mad at I, it. I really... I don't like the color scheme either. It doesn't fit with almost anybody's... Uh, like, who, who's going to have an entertainment system that's going to match with? It's fucking black. Like, it's mostly white. Black is the standard. Darker mm-hmm. colors are the standard. This is going to look like shit in a lot of houses, I think, at least. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's that's just a fair the look. point. I didn't really think about how it looks in the room, just how it looks compared to itself, like just in isolation. But putting this as part of a living room might be a bit more challenging than the previous one. I could agree with that. I can see that. Either um, way, just yeah. it's just the aesthetics. I don't think it actually matters. Like if I was interested in buying a PS5, the look would not be a reason I would not buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will for some people. You'd imagine. Yes, so. I I imagine some people will not like it because of the look, but I think generally it's there's there's been some mixed reaction, but I wouldn't say it's overwhelmingly negative. It's been mixed, mm-hmm. as opposed yeah. to the Xbox name, which everyone hates. And if you don't hate it, you're an idiot. It's a stupid, stupid name named by stupid, stupid people. Okay. Yep. They probably don't want us to play music either. Those people. Stupid okay. idiots. We hate them. All right. So let's get to the Patreon mailbag for today, Cinderman. We have a question from NivNav, as usual. When we're running out of questions, we go to our good friend NivNav, who pasted us about 30 of them. So we just pick and choose. His question is, what do you want to be remembered for after you die? I actually, I have a very short answer for once to this. We'll see. I'll be the judge of that. For being a positive influence. That's it. That's oh. my answer. That's very nice and simple. Unlike yeah. the PlayStation 5. That's true. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, any reason for that, Cinderin? Mm, just, you know, like, I, I find the thought of 
the thought of leaving behind, like just that when people remember you, they remember you for making their lives better in whatever way it is by entertaining them or by being like teaching them or helping them out with stuff, making their lives better, like whatever that is. I mean, it's kind of maybe that's a boring answer. I don't know, but that's no, genuinely think- it. And, and obviously, like if, if from a competitive standpoint, a lot of players will be like, uh, I want to be remembered for being the best, right? That's a classic thing. That's like the whole goat mentality of games. And of course, like that's in a way that's also kind of similar because if you're the best, then you've also like you've made fans along the way, right? Like there's people that have been cheering on you that you have really inspired or been a positive influence for. I think a lot of like competitive people or people that do entertainment will probably echo this like idea that uh, yeah, that being remembered common. for just touching yeah. people's lives in a good way is, mm-hmm. is a big positive thing. And I, I really like that. Uh, I like, I love when I get feedback, like if I'm casting or playing, like whatever it is, if people are like, uh, thank you so much for what you do. I love watching when you cast or play or whatever it, it, it makes my day better. I'm always happy to get those messages. Like, hell yeah. You know, that's awesome to hear that, that, that you mean something to other people in a positive mm-hmm. way. That's, that's both on the small and big level. That's yeah. uh, no, that's, that's a good answer. I like it. See, I knew it wasn't just that short. You had some thought. I mean, you told me to elaborate, but it's still the same answer. Okay, so what do I want to be remembered? I I feel like maybe this is not the typical answer, and I feel like it's very... What's the word? I'm going to say negative, but there's Mm -hmm. probably a better word, and you can, since you're my English teacher these days, you can uh, (laughs) educate me. I don't care if I'm remembered for anything. I, I don't... I don't feel like I need to leave a legacy behind. Like I, maybe it's like, I know you're not, I I don't want to get into religion or anything like that. Neither Mm -hmm. of us are religious as far as I know. Uh, Neither of us are probably spiritual. I I feel like when you're dead, you're dead. And I don't, it's not, it's not uh, like this mindset of being remembered for something is not the reason that I'm, I try to be a good person. Right. Cause if I didn't care about that, then I'd, and I was a psychopath, I'd just go murder people. I wouldn't care what people think about me. That's not like that's not the thing holding me in place as a normal, quote unquote, normal human being. <laughs> but <laughs> I I don't know what it I don't care if I'm remembered for anything. It's not important to me at all. Like while I'm living uh, I don't know if that's negative as much as it's just apathetic or Sure, apathetic. Right? Yeah, it's the level of apathy to it. Like while I'm living, that's a different question. Like mm-hmm. I never wanted to be like well known or even in the public eye or anything like that. It was never even my like remotely top ten list. I guarantee you that was never on there. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, I want to have a positive influence on people while I'm living. Blah blah blah. Well, I, want something, I don't give a shit. Who gives a shit? But, the, but that's kind of if you think about it. If you want to be a positive influence and be a good person while you live, then that is also what you would be remembered for if you succeed. And the people that remember you for it are obviously not dead. So you still influence their lives positively, even after you die. If they remember you for something positive, then that's right. a good memory. Look right? at it this way. Look at it this way. If somebody tells me definitively, if God himself, whether I believe it or not is another subject, God himself comes down, herself in, in some cases, in some religions, I'm sure, comes down and tells me that once you're, like, you can be a good person, blah, blah, blah. Once you're dead, nobody will remember any of it. It won't affect anything. That actually will not change my mindset at all about being a good person while I'm living. It doesn't change anything for me. It doesn't matter once I'm dead. Is that a weird way to think about things? 
That's how I, I feel. I think I think I, I I get what you mean. So it's like the memory itself doesn't matter, but the acts do in real time. In real time, right? yes. Yeah. Sure. So okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So I, I feel like maybe one day we could have we talked about we've talked about the afterlife, I think, in an episode before. I always find we these have. these topics have. very interesting. I'm sure we could get into some crazier stuff later on. Uh but not today, unfortunately. But patrons, don't forget, it doesn't need to be Nivnik getting picked all the time. He asks a lot of good <laughs> questions, but you remember you can yeah. ask questions if you are the tier that is called, what is that called? The in tier. Bruges. Oh, wait. No, in Bruges tier is the highest tier. Yeah, it's true. It's the CSGO professional, maybe? I don't remember. Uh, no wonder I couldn't remember the name. What a fucking shit name for the tier. <laughs> like, you it did not the, contribute. It is the sneak, the sneak peek tier, aka former CS oh. Pro <laughs> tier. Yes, yeah. uh, make sure yeah. you join the Discord so you can ask us questions and have an influence on what gets talked about, and get a sneak peek for what every episode holds. If uh, I could if make a suggestion, I love questions that are not about video games. I like these open-ended questions. We've done this before, like even uh, the a- afterlife thing, believing ghosts, that kind of stuff. I love talking about, even mm. if I don't know anything, like. I feel like anytime we talk about this stuff, I will gladly open it up with, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I am interested in talking about it because it's fun. Right. That's the kind of stuff I like. I agree. agree. So, yes. I definitely agree. All right. So that is the end of the episode. Um, Oh, it's not quite the end. Senator, have you seen it, Bruges? No. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching, for listening. And until next, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing at me? (laughs) No, it's fine. Thank you, everybody. It's been just a dream to be a part of your lives for the past year. Goodbye for now. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.